This is the time that we all been waiting on. The moment all the naysayers been hating on. See, they've been talking down on us and flexing. It'll take more than that for you to stop a Houston Texan. A lot of teams talking tough and can't back it up. But not the boys on Kirby, so you can pack it up. Reliant Stadium is where you can find us with the whole city of Houston, Texas standing behind us. See, we've been waiting on this one for 10 years. Sacrificing our bodies with blood, sweat, and tears. All right, guys. Welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered. I am your host, Young Ari Gold, and I am blessed, as usual, to have the Garnet Texan here, John Wade. John, slow week uh, news-wise, but we're starting to form a coaching staff, it looks like, and we had some some, uh, coaching staff um, coaches depart. Yeah, I mean, congrats for Vrabel. I mean, he kind of fell upwards. I, it's one of those things where it's like good for him. I hope he's successful. Like I, I have no ill will towards the guy, but you know, I, I mean, the proof is kind of in the pudding with how, how our defense turned out. I, I, I don't know. I think he may have actually lost his job if they, he wasn't such a good guy. He wasn't, he's got, I don't, I, they always call him an alpha's alpha. But our defense was so, so bad that if he wasn't interviewing for head coaching jobs, I think we would have let him go. I agree. No, it seems like it was actually looking that way. Um, I, on the other hand, I I am uh, hoping that he has success. Obviously, I don't want it two times a year. But um, I think it's all going to be dependent on who his offensive and defensive coordinators are. He seems like one of those guys that would be good at managing better than leading a defense, if that makes sense. I think he could, I think he can get the players to buy into him as a head coach. If he has the right coordinators around him, he could be okay. Yeah. It's going to be dependent on who they do, what they do with Mariota. I'm kind of Nothing af- else really matters. Yeah, I'm kind of afraid you're right. I think he may not be, we even talked about it, he may not really be much of an X and O's guy. Right. Um he was great at teaching technique. Every linebacker that we had improved with him. Yeah. However, game planning during a game, um, when to blitz, what packages to put out there, when how to put your players in position to succeed, I don't think he had a feel for that at all. Which, honestly, as a coach, he shouldn't have to. Right. Exactly. So it's going to be dependent on, on who the offensive and defensive coordinator are. I, I do think that... He's tied to Mariota, basically, just like any head coach with a franchise quarterback. But the difference in this situation is Mariota is coming off of a down year, and we really haven't seen the best of Mariota yet. I mean, we're both Mariota fans. We both know what he's capable of being, but we truly haven't seen it on a consistent basis in the NFL yet. And if he gets the right coordinator and lets him run the offense and it works for Mariota and, and they get creative with Mariota and let Mariota run the defense or the offense that he needs to run to be successful, well, then Vrabel's going to be a successful head coach because Mariota has the skill to lead that franchise. I actually think that's part of the reason why he got the Tennessee job was the success that we had with Deshaun. Watson. So they're hoping that Vrabel, we'll see what worked with Watson. Um, he was probably a part of the the implementation. I don't know how much he would have been because he was a defensive coach naturally. But I'm actually kind of terrified of Mariota in an offense similar to what we ran with 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 Watson. Yeah, I mean, he can do it. Yeah, he's, almost identical to Watson. Yeah, he's got a little bit better of an arm. Yeah. Uh, he's actually a little bit faster. He's not the same decision maker. No. He is not the same at ball handling. Correct. But, I mean, we've talked about him before. He's he's a good quarterback. Or he has the tools to be a good quarterback. He has the potential to be a good quarterback. He, play, he regressed big time this year. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we see, because Sean Ryan's interviewing for the Minnesota OC position on Monday. I wouldn't be surprised if, that doesn't happen if Vrabel doesn't try to bring in Sean Ryan uh, as an OC as well. Yeah. Just given the success that Deshaun had, this is a copycat league. If you can mimic what Sean was able to do with Deshaun during that time and put and implement it with Mariota, well, then you're likely going to have success. 
Well, he obviously wants to. He was looking at bringing in an offensive coordinator from, from Ohio, Ohio State. State. Right? Yeah. yeah. The uh, Ohio State guy turned him down, but, I mean, that's what he's looking to do. He's already said that the NFL has the best developmental league out there in yeah. college football, and they don't take advantage of it. So he's talking like he's going to bring more college concepts and to the might. NFL. Which, which would be better for Mariota. And it could be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what the defense turns into because they, they typically run a 4-3. And now I'm wondering what the, what we're going to see with Rabel because he's always ran a hybrid or a 3-4, but he's never really ran a full committed 4-3 defense. So um, the personnel is going to be interesting to see how he's able to line that up. But that may come down to the D.C. that he, he gets in place. And I haven't seen much on rumors of D.C. or O.C., um, except for the Ohio State guy. I haven't seen anything. Uh, I, I saw an interview with him at the Senior Bowl, basically him saying, like, it's, when it's the right people, it'll be the right time. But other than that, uh, there hasn't been much information regarding Vrabel's coaching staff. So, uh, you know, it was funny, though, in the press conference for Vrabel that, and, and with John Robinson introducing him, there was a lot of the same kind of conversations of Bill O'Brien alignment, alignment, alignment. It's almost as if, I don't know, it's, it was very weird because that word was used a lot in that press conference. It's the same school thought. Robinson's from the Patriots. Right. Frable's from the Patriots. It's the same mindset. mindset. And we're about to even get worse because it looks like McDaniels is going to go to the Colts. So Yeah, they just can't announce it yet. But I mean, it's just the AFC South is going to be the copy. <laughs> it's the Patriots South for sure. Yeah, now. the Patriots South. And, I mean, it'll be interesting. Um is it Doug Marone? Uh, I mean, I know he's he worked with friends, Bill. but I don't know. If Did he? It, does he have any Patriots background? I don't know. Interesting. I, I don't either. I'm just wondering. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely going to be interesting to see how how this whole thing works out. I I would like to see Vrabel be successful. Honestly, I know that like that sucks to say because he's in our division and we would prefer for nobody to be successful, but. This upcoming year in the AFC South, it's looking more and more like this could potentially be the toughest division in the NFL. You know, just just on paper, what, what I'm looking at. Uh, if you look at the other divisions, I don't see another division with the potential to be what the AFC South could potentially be. If Andrew Luck comes back and is healthy and has an offensive coordinator, has the, Josh McDaniels as a head coach, that could spell trouble. They have, I mean, they, they're picking low again in the draft. They're going to be able to add some players. It's going to be interesting to see what the Colts do. The Titans are going to be with Vrabel, and if Mariota gets going, that team's going to be good. They're coming off a 9-7 to season. The Jags are the Jags. We saw what the Jags did. They, they almost beat the Patriots in Foxborough in the playoffs. And honestly, if they hadn't lost their nerve, they probably would have. If, they they just got too conservative. If they'd stayed attacking, I think they would have... Oh, I don't know. I, I think Doug Marone overcomplicated things, in my opinion. I think what he did in the first half, playing man, jamming the receivers off the line, yep. it worked. And then they switched to zone in the second half, and then all of a sudden it's like, you should know you can't do that to Brady. Mm-hmm. You can't play zones with Brady. Well, He's going to find that yeah. opening. Those receivers are, are too good of route runners to be able to not do it. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, it's, it, it was a good game. It was, and... Uh, I, I wanted the Patriots to win, but honestly, with the way the Jags played, I think I would have been okay with the Jags winning. I'm just glad we're not watching a Jags-Philly Super Bowl, to be honest, just because I just don't think that would have been a good game. I Yeah, um, <laughs> I agree. The, the Jaguars are one of those teams that, I mean, we were even talking about it. It's like I thought I wanted them to win until I actually started watching the game, and then I'm like, nope, nope, I don't want them to win. Yeah. It's like, nope, never mind. And then I started watching Jags Twitter, and yeah, nope, never mind. Um, they're not the Glitter Kitties anymore. They are, they're going to be a... a no, they're the Jaguars. Yeah. And, and it's funny, there's a report with Adam Schefter saying that if they can get Alex Smith or Kirk Cousins, they'll drop portals. Which is the smart thing to do. If they can get either one of those quarterbacks. I mean, Obviously, one is better than the other and is younger. But if they can get an Alex Smith in that offense, uh, I just... I'd be, I'd well, truly be worried. Yeah, I mean, we said last year if we had Alex Smith during that Patriots game, we would have won. Yeah, we would have gone to an AFC Championship game. Yeah, 
So if they upgrade the quarterback position, and which is, you know, it, Blake played well through the entire playoffs, honestly. He did not lose them the game, uh, but he didn't win them the game either. Yeah. So that that halfback wheel to Leonard Fournette, if he would have hit that, the game would have been over. So it, there's some obviously some issues. But on offense, they're young. They, they Allen Robinson will be coming back. I mean, it's it's they're going to be a good team, whether Bortles is there or Kirk Cousins is there. It's just how good of a team are they going to be? Um, so I, I don't know. Uh, their defense, like I've stated before, I think they have a lot of skilled players, but I think they're very a very boring defense in the sense of their scheme and play calling. I think that's another reason why they weren't able to beat Brady. They just didn't get exotic enough. They didn't change things up on the D-line. They didn't mix up the blitzes. Um, they well, they just really ran... didn't have to. They have so much talent. Which is fine, but they... they, they... But they needed to stay aggressive. They needed and to they, stay aggressive. Instead of being staying aggressive like they were in the first half, they got the lead, and it, they didn't really try to sit on it, but yeah. they didn't take the same sort of risks that they would have been in the beginning. They weren't, like you said, jamming the receivers, just playing like they were out for blood. It was kind of like, okay... We went from, who cares if we make a mistake, we're going to hurt the Patriots, to, whoa, 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 we got the lead. Let's not screw this up. And whenever you do that against the Patriots, as a Texans fan, we can definitely... Attest to it. Attest to that. You're going to get burnt. And, yeah. and they did. Yeah, I just watched the Patriots game on my flight to San Diego. I watched the Patriots-Texans game. And, yeah, we, I mean, it's we. it was pretty much the same exact thing, to be honest. It was uh, very... Just take our foot off their neck, take it easy, and hopefully we win this game instead of just taking the risks and and going for it. So you can't beat the Patriots without taking risks. It's just the way it is. Brady's too good. Well, coming back to Tennessee, I noticed that a lot of criticism that we're getting is the Patriots, of course, blow out the Titans in the playoffs. So they let um, their coach go. And all of a sudden people are saying – Look, the Titans made the playoffs and they fired their coach. The Texans were awful and we didn't fire their coach. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's two things, though. Uh, there's some conflicting uh, reports out there regarding what the Titans did. From what I understand, uh, after beating the Chiefs, Malarkey had uh, another year that they were going to have him stay. I think Malarkey didn't like the way that the, the direction that the franchise wanted to go. And I think he stepped away more than they fired him, to be yeah, honest with they you. Were, they were putting, it's a big difference. They had to be putting pressure on him to do something with Mariota. That's, they, I think from what I read, they wanted him to fire their offensive coordinator and hire a new offensive coordinator. Um, you know, And loyalty in this game doesn't get you very far, especially when it comes to your coaching staff. So, uh, you know, Bud Adams was that way when he was you know, in Houston. He was the same way. So Which it's, is... You nailed it. It all just comes back to Mariota. It does. If Mariota had showed improvement, even if they lost or even losing like that to the Patriots, but throughout the year, Mariota had shown improvement, then Malarkey would still be there. Exactly. And he regressed. And whereas Watson, Watson for six games looked like a world beater. Yeah. You you don't mess that up. That should be the end of the argument. Um. With this new five-year contract, everybody's kind of freaking out. We're not stuck with Bill O'Brien for five years. He could still get fired tomorrow. Yeah, it's the NFL. It's what happens with every coach. They all sign extensions, and and it happens every year. It doesn't really mean anything. All of them get fired before their contracts are up. Yep. It's very, very rare that you ever even get into a situation where you have to re-sign your your coach anyways. No, it's true. Yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't put too much stock in a five-year contract, to be honest. Uh, let's see how this year goes. You know, barring injury, he has no excuses moving forward. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of how things go. But you want to talk about your little your little tweet the uh, that you posted up on Reddit about Boye? Oh, that was you. You sent that to me. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Don't give me credit for that. You sent it to me, so I posted it. But uh, you know, after hearing some other people's opinions on it. Yeah, I think that was probably more of the agent than than Bouillet, to be honest. I think, I think there's probably a combination of the two. Yeah. It's probably somewhere in the middle, but uh, I don't think he wanted to be here. I, I don't. Because if he did want to be here, he would have been here. When we look at the differences in the contracts offered, it wasn't enough for him to say, I can't go to Houston. 
So it, it's it's not something that there's really a conversation about, to be honest with you. I think Bouye made a decision, and, and that's that. So I think that it's a little bit of both. My personal opinion is he wouldn't have stated it like that if it didn't still bother him. He obviously couldn't have been talking about two years ago because, no joke, two years ago he was the fourth best quarterback on the team. We weren't even sure he was going to make the roster. He did show improvement year in, year out, but no one expected the leap that he made. When we came into the season, when we came into the 2016 season, the first two games we were like, look at Boyer, he was our tight end killer. Like That's what we all thought of him. He was good at covering tight ends. Sure. We had no idea that he'd be any good or as good as he was at covering receivers. And he just got better and better and better. And I think that the way the contracts were structured, Jacksonville was a better deal. Jacksonville was, it's where he's from. Now, I think he did want to stay in Houston. because that's where He's actually from Atlanta. Yeah. Well, that he played his, at Central his, Florida. Didn't yeah, he? yeah. But his, his daughter's in Atlanta. And from what I understand. His daughter's was, in Houston. No, she's in Atlanta. Did she move? Because yeah. she was originally in Houston. Yeah, so uh, there was an interview with uh, Bouye the other day on the radio, and uh, they were talking about, I think it was on Sports Radio 610, and basically uh, they were talking about his kid being in Atlanta and that possibly playing a part, but I don't even know how that would make sense considering that Jacksonville's probably the same distance as Houston from Atlanta. No. Uh, Jacksonville and Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Are they? Oh, yeah. Jacksonville's uh, like so there you go. maybe I, two I, hours. I didn't do very good in geography. Yeah. Um, but so if that's the case, then there you go. So yeah, that makes a little bit more sense. I was time, under the impression that his daughter was here in Houston, and when they first started the negotiation, he's like, "Yeah, I'd love to stay close to my daughter." I do remember that being as part of the re- reports. But I think that I don't know. For me, what I saw out of it was Houston did try to still state that Boye was part of. We even talked about it last year. It was more a system thing than a Boye thing where they thought that Kevin Johnson would be able to drop back in and do maybe not as well, but very similar. And that's honestly why I think that Butler or whomever may have been let go is just missing that badly and probably sitting there in a meeting and saying, no, 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 we'll be fine, we'll be fine, we'll be fine. Well, if you're, taking, if you're taking that much, putting that much thought in just into your secondary coach, then there's a bigger issue if – they're not watching the film and seeing what Bouye is on their own. If the scouting team and the, and the and and Brick Smith and everybody else that makes the free agent decisions isn't able to see what Bouye was on tape, we have a true problem. If John Butler was half the reason why we didn't t- didn't keep Bouye, in my opinion, I think that it, I don't think it would be the only factor. I'm sure but you go from Butler, who was this hotshot defensive sure. coordinator. Um, or not, he was a defensive secondary back, coach. Yeah. secondary coach that people were looking at to become a coordinator. Right. He was the coach that everybody wanted on the Texans after Vrabel. Yep. And you go from that to being fired. Down and here in secondary. I mean, we were god awful. We were. But to be honest, after watching Bouye in, in the Patriots game, Brady picked on him just like he did last year. Mm hmm. Because he plays over-aggressive. He does. He plays over-aggressive. And, you know, the, some of those mistakes that Puyo made cost him the game. Yeah. So, I, as much as, yes, Puyo, I think, is a top 10 corner in this league, and this year he was the number one corner, I want to see him do it another year before I'm like, he's second best next to Jalen. I don't think he's that good. But I do think he's a top 10 corner, and we could have used him for sure. But honestly... I'm kind of glad we let him go. Really? After kind of looking at it and just thinking about it, I, you know, with Clowney coming up and McKinney coming up, and I don't know if I want to lock up a corner at $17 million a year. I don't know where we'd be cap-wise if we did that. Would it put us in a position where we wouldn't be able to make the free agent acquisitions we're going to this year, whether it be guards or tackles? I don't know. If we lock up Clowney prior to free agency – it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, we have a lot of money, but do you want that much locked up in one corner? Uh, so given the holes that this team has, I think it might have been the right decision at the time. 
does it suck? It does because he's homegrown talent that we we help develop him and, and get to where he is in his career. But at the same time, we can find other players in the draft. He's undrafted, so that should speak to our our development as as a coaching staff in Houston to be able to do it again. And it's happened, you know, plenty of other times too. So as much as it sucked when I originally saw him leave and watching the whole season and thinking that he could be making those plays with us, Bouye wouldn't have made a difference on this team this year. Oh, I think it would have made a difference. It wouldn't have been enough of a difference for us to matter. Yeah, we would Would we be thinking, oh, God, think how we signed Bouye. He had 12, you know, pick sixes. No. No. That's what I'm saying. And that's what it would have took for him to make a true impact on this team. No, but I think if we kept Bouye, I mean, it would have been maybe a winner, a one or two. Yeah. There was a cup. A win or we, two? Really? Yeah. I don't think so. Oh, we beat the Patriots if we sell Bouye. I don't know about that. Yeah, oh yeah. I don't know where he's at on that field during that Brandon Cooks play. He could be on the right side. I'm <laughs> we, just saying. I, I promise you, if we sell Bouye, we would have beat the Patriots. Well, and then, so then we'd be... Well, I don't even know where we finished that I know. our record. I, 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 grand scheme of things. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So if you look at it overall and where we're at and the other holes we have... You know, and yeah, we're gonna have to sign a corner, but I actually feel better signing a Tremaine Johnson over an AJ Bouye. We're gonna have to pay just as much for Tremaine Johnson. You are, but I like Tremaine Johnson's skill set a little bit more than Bouye. He's taller, but isn't he a little he's bit older? Here. I think he's like two years older. He's yeah. coming off his rookie or his his rookie deal. His rookie deal for the Plus franchise, the franchise. Last year, so yeah, six years in the league. Bouye is what five years in the league, so a year difference. Really, not too much, and he's taller. So, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I mean, we're going to have to spend like $18 million on him if we get him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the answer, but I'd rather feel – I'm not I'm not worried about the secondary like everybody else is. You're not. I'm not. Really? Yeah, we had no pass rush. Like, I don't understand how that is not the narrative this offseason more than anything. We're talking about our secondary being burned. Yes. Was Kevin Johnson horrible? Absolutely. Did Kareem Jackson have his issues? He sure did. Did J.J. look like a 37-year-old corner? He sure did. But at the same time, when you have zero pass rush, and that's what we had all year was zero pass rush. We can all talk about how good Clowney was this year. He didn't hit 10 sacks. Nope. So we did not have a pass rush to help that secondary at all. And that's the best recipe for a good secondary. It complements each other. And that's what Bill O'Brien's always preaching, complementary football. When you have a pass rush, you don't have to cover as long. Now, when you have good corners, you make up for that lack of pass rush. Next year, we're going to have a pass rush. It's almost undeniable that we're going to have a pass rush or not. Watt's back. Merck's back. Clowney. They're all three going to be on the field. McKinney's there. Covington's back. So, we have a team that can obviously get to the quarterback. Vrabel won't be calling the defense. So, for everybody that's saying, oh, those first three games, we couldn't get a pass rush. Well, Rack never had a problem getting <laughs> any pressure with JJ by himself. So I, I just think we need to see what the pass rush looks like before we freak out about the secondary. Now I will say safeties are a need. I, we've, but we've needed a safety for how long have we been a franchise? So <laughs> yeah, that's not let, new. We let the good ones walk. Right. We, we, and we at least let one pro bowl free safety walk for sure. And go over Quinn. So, you know, I, I want to see what these corners can do. And obviously, as much as I don't like Kevin Johnson, he has at times shown glimpses that he can be a good corner. I mean, he had a stretch where he was a top 10 corner. That's what I'm saying. So we he's just, just need forgotten. to get him back to it. He's forgotten how to play. Like, he's trying. I don't know what he's He wants to, to be something else. He wants to be like Kareem. He wants to be able to come in the box and hit a freaking running back. But he can't do it. Hell, in the preseason, we saw it against Kelvin Benjamin. He bounced off him like it was a rubber ball. I mean, it's embarrassing. Yeah. Now, Kevin Benjamin's a big dude, but just wrap him up and take him down. Um, so, it's, it's I don't know. I, I don't think secondary is as big of an issue as people are saying. I do think we need safeties. You excited about our new secondary coach? I am. I you mean, think he's going to make a difference? We'll see. He, I mean, he just got promoted. He did. And we'll see what happens. But I like John Butler. I think that was a reactionary fire, in my opinion. Uh, I, I just, I, I think we had a lot of people fall yeah. on the sword this year that shouldn't have. My John whole, Butler's strength yeah, and conditioning. My whole tangent on that was just Butler has proven over 
I don't know, the past four 15 years. years. Four years with us. That, well, yeah, four years with us, and even before that. He's and been he's solid. A solid. He's been a really solid coach. He has. A, he's had a history of developing players that yeah. weren't – that were tweeners into better players. Sure. And this year, all of a sudden, he forgets how to coach the secondary. And this year, all of a sudden, we can't develop another another corner or another safety. Right. I, I, I don't know what happened there. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how much of that is John Butler or how much of it actually goes back again to the pass rush. I, I wonder if Butler and the strength and conditioning coaches and um, our running backs coach were just fall guys. You know, were they just guys, hey, look, we, we, hear, from the, we hear what the fans are saying. And there's people to blame. So let's go ahead and just get rid of these guys. And we'll replace them to show that we're making a change. I don't. I don't, I don't know. I mean, what, the way Bill Ryan comes across, I know he, certain radio stations like to point him as being like this Teflon Bill that always places the blame somewhere else. To me, he's always come across as being more accountable, where he holds his people accountable, but not necessarily as fall guys. Like if you really messed up, then he holds you accountable, but not. Like, I don't see him firing somebody that he really didn't think deserved to be fired. So maybe he didn't. Maybe he fired them because they really didn't do well in their job. Maybe, so that's maybe, what I'm trying maybe to think. that is what happened. I'm trying to think maybe there's more to it. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Maybe you're right. I, I don't know. But, I mean, you do what you always done and you're going to get what you always get. So maybe change some of those coaches. I'll tell you what, I'm not, I could care less about the running back coach. Yeah. I honestly could care less. If he had any, if he's been if in he had of, any influence on why we're running Lamar Miller up the middle, then fantastic. If it's like how a lot of um, coaches, coaching staffs are structured, where the running back coach is in charge of the rotation, yeah, he needed to go. Absolutely. If Bill O'Brien was in charge of the rotation, then we we're gonna have some issues. Well, yeah, those issues will. And we'll, we'll then we'll find, we'll find out. out. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting, though, with that running back coach leaving. I was thinking about it today. You know, Deontay probably not coming back until, I don't know, maybe week six? Maybe? Maybe. Maybe I mean, week nine? It's all going to be dependent on where he lands. Yeah, and it just kind of depends on how quickly he can get back in game shape. So if because we don't... One of the big problems about tearing your Achilles is his leg's going to atrophy. He just right. can't, he can't work it out. Right. So... We'll see. Yeah, so what I'm wondering is with him doing with him not coming back potentially since what is the peep the, the what is the list for the Pop. No, is that how how it starts? So no, it's the IR designated to re- return. If that's where he starts, uh so to save a roster spot, which potentially could be the case considering it is an Achilles, so it's a week nine return. We're gonna need another we're gonna need another power back. We're not gonna need and if we don't sign out for blue especially. Yeah, uh, it, it, we're basically looking at Lamar Miller. Oh, as we're gonna backs. we're gonna sign another little scat back. I don't think we'll keep. Ellington. Oh, we got Tyler Irvin coming back. We'll have Irvin coming back. So I don't think I, we'll sign a scat back. I think we will. A route running. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't think so. He looked great. He did. He looked great. He, he looked uh, like I a lot I've, different player. I'm willing to bet though that we're gonna look at a, a little running back that can run routes. Then why don't we do that this off this season? <laughs> I'm just asking. I, we I, kept Jordan Todman and didn't ever bring in another scat back. Because this past season we had Ellington and Ir- Irvin and all that. I think they're going to continue to look for the guy until they get the guy they truly want. Hmm. I think they'll not go truly for a power want, but until they get a guy that's really the fit. Yeah, I, I think, think that they wanted something similar to what they got out of Irvin, but he's not quite there, and especially now Taron Patella. I think that they're going to pull somebody else just in case what if he's not who you expect him to be. Um, yeah, I, I think we need a power back though. I think we need a, somebody in between the tackles to kind of take that Deontay Foreman role. Um, he was really good at finding the holes. That Patriots game was a great game to watch yeah. him actually run through and, and make plays. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, but I do think that we'll need something. And the reason why I was saying that was Adrian Peterson will be a free agent. I think he'd be a good compliment to Lamar Miller. He looked Peterson? good in Arizona. Yeah, he looked good in Arizona and he, he should be cheap. Now, well, now bouncing around. Now he hurt his neck, and he ended Did up he? on the R. Did he? Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. That's why he didn't finish out the season. He had some oh. sort of neck injury. Well, there injury. you go. So never mind. Um, somebody I else. Think, I, think I, I need somebody similar, though. Yeah. I need somebody who can run through and, and run through the tackles. I think they'll re-sign Blue. 
Well, I'm, blue, still, I'm totally is, fine with that. Yeah, Blue has turned into their... I like Blue. Their running back that can play special teams, and he's actually a solid contributor on special teams. So, so I think they'll keep him. Should be interesting this year. Should be. Okay. Should be a lot better. We should be a lot better. Uh, what's the guy's name from the Raiders we brought Seeley. in? Brad Seeley. Seeley. Yeah, I mean, he's... Show, he's had He has had success in the NFL. Yeah. I, I mean... For, I think 22 years he's been a coach. Yeah, so it's about time we get an experience that or experienced special team coach. And if he isn't able to produce something, I don't even know where to, where to start. An experienced coach in general seems to be the route we're going with us bringing in John Pagano as assistant uh, defensive coordinator, I guess. It's technically his role, but he's going to work with the outside linebackers. He's been a coach for 30 years. So we just brought him in the day. So. I think Bill O'Brien's trying to go with experience now more than anything, which is good because our staff is so young. And with him calling plays, if we can do that and have experienced guys on our team helping, it's it's going to help. Well, just to get more perspectives in there as sure. well. I mean, Bill O'Brien is a very, very smart football coach. But one of my criticisms of him has been that he kind of has his little bubble. Like he was looking for guys that thought like him. And – Maybe it wouldn't hurt for us, you know, to get some guys with different opinions that have had success that he does respect. And Pagano, I mean, he's from the Ravens originally. Yeah. I mean, when they had their, their, uh, he's the uh, the younger Pagano. Is he? Yeah. Huh. Um, and I think he was on his brother's staff for a while as well. Oh wow! But yeah. So he should be he should be a solid hire. He should help. I mean, he's not known as well as Rabel is for working with technique, but he is another guy that has got a lot of experience that has a, had some success. At this point, is where is the technique needed as much now that we have McKinney kind of where we need him? Can he take Cole and Cunningham and continue down that path? McKinney himself can he can he do it? I don't see why not. Yeah, I mean, Cushing did it. So, yeah, interesting. We'll see how it goes. We still need to figure out uh, our quarterback coach. What do you think of Gaines' first first move? <laughs> With the wide receiver Yeah, from the little wide receiver from Jacksonville that, you know, Whatever. of course he has a connection to the Texans. He ran relay with Clowney. I was... oh, I'd rather sign Bruce Ellington. Like, I don't want Bruce Ellington leaving. I, don't, I can care less why we're looking at why, – like, why are we looking at wide receivers? I can honestly – our wide receiver – our, our core should be fine. Well, we'll I mean, of it course, should be Hopkins, really fine. Hopkins, Ellington, Fuller, Fuller, and then Braxton. Braxton, we, we got to give time to. So one and then more. Chris Kobe Thompson's Hamilton's on the practice squad. Chris Tam- Chris Thompson. Yeah, he's he'll a good say, special teamer. Yeah, so he'll say we'll take one more. We took five last year. I we'll take six this year. We never have. We're gonna. I I bet we take six this year. And we only run with three running backs. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. It's too early for the uh, <laughs> roster uh, discussion, but uh, they're gonna look. They're looking for why depth. would they take? Why would they take? Why would they run with six this time? What would be different? Because we're trying to find another, another slot receiver. For what? Because Ellington is going to get hurt. I don't think so. I don't even think Giannis was really hurt this year. I think they were protecting him. But that's just me. You think they've just put him on wrap? They're I like. Do. I think they said, "Hey, you showed us enough. Just wrap it up. Let's pretend something happened. You have a soft tissue injury. Let's let's be done for the season." Fair enough. I, I mean, he, that's honestly what I expect. He caught. He was our second um, second leading receiver. Yeah. So. And when Deshaun was in there, it was his second. That was his second, third look every time. Yeah. So, I expect Bruce to be a part of this team moving forward. I wouldn't yeah. expect a huge deal. It should be like a three-year, maybe nine million dollar deal. It shouldn't be anything crazy. And he wants maybe to a come one back. year prove it, and maybe yeah. a one year prove it, and and that'd probably be smart for him. Yeah, um, he wants clowning. to come back, and with his history, I can see him going year to year for a couple of years. But I do think that they're going to try and stock up the practice squad with a couple more little mighty might types, the underneath receivers that we just really haven't had. Bruce did show flashes of it, but we just. We haven't had anybody other than him ever do that. Yeah, Braxton looked a lot better this year. Braxton looked better. He got looks. He actually looked better as an outside receiver. Yeah, he did. All 
preseason, we thought he looked better as a slot. All of a sudden, he takes some time off. He is lost as a slot receiver, doesn't want to get hit. Move him to the outside, and he was getting open left and right. Yeah. So maybe something clicked for him. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see with the full season of Fuller, Ellington. With those four on the field, I, I feel totally confident that we don't need. I mean, we'll have to have Chris Thompson because he's a good special teamer, but those guys are all so good. You could argue potentially, based off of the six games with Deshaun, that those are that could potentially be the best wide receiving core in the league. I wouldn't I go that Minnesota, far yet. I know Minnesota <laughs> but, would say yeah. that, but based on that six-game span, I don't know how you could argue it. Well, with Deshaun, they're probably going to be the most productive because they all work well together. Right, and they all I mean, complement that, each other very well. That's all we've ever asked for. <laughs> and then when you have a quarterback that can actually distribute the ball and he actually meshes well with what they do, you've got – I mean, Ellington showed very – Showed a lot of promises in that underneath middle of the, the middle of the field guy. Yep. Hopkins just does whatever Hopkins needs to do. Yep. And everybody wishes they could have a route runner with the speed that Fuller has. Yeah. So we had a whole bunch of success. Yeah. But they're all different, which is nice. They've gotta they've gotta stay healthy and Fuller needs to stay healthy. Yeah. That's a concern. Okay. But uh yeah. Well, just, I don't know. What do you, now that we've had a couple of weeks of games, have you had a chance to really think about him a little bit more? Or are you still just kind of like... Um, I won't know anything until the clowny or free agency. At this point, I mean, uh, signing a private squad guy, like, okay. not I'm not going to put too much thought into that, but let's see how he handles this clowny thing. Is he going to get ahead of it? That's, that's the question for me. Or is he going to sit and twiddle his thumbs? Because... The longer he sits, the more expensive Clowney gets. Yeah. So he needs to kind of figure out what he's going to do or if he's even going to do it. Because people say, oh, the Texans always extend on the last year, but that was under a different GM. Yeah. I don't know if that's the case anymore. Those were Rick Smith's rules. That's what I'm saying. That, now, I don't what know. is Brian Gaines' rules? Right. So this may not be – They may he may let him play this season and, and then maybe try to do it. Maybe they say, I need to see another 16. Because half the time you've been here, you've been hurt. Well, I don't know. If they approach it very similar to how they approached Hopkins, Hopkins set the market instead of came, coming in after. Right. If we had waited a little bit longer with Antonio Brown, and I think Julio needs a new deal soon. Odell needs one this and year. Odell's going to. This year. Those deals are going to make us look, look like we smart. got an absolute bargain That's out of Hopkins. So, and we need to do the same thing with Clowney. And Khalil and Aaron Donald are this year's same draft. So if you honestly don't do it before Donald or – if you don't do it before Donald, you're screwed. Because Donald's going to be the highest paid. Yeah. That's all there is to it. He's a, I mean, he's a better player than Clowney. It's been more productive so far. Yeah. So, I mean, he's what can healthy. you say? That's, yeah. all, that's all you can – I mean, that's what you asked for. When Clowney's been healthy, he has shown – He's, he's shown a lot. He's shown that he has potential to be great. If we could get him some help, you know, by other people staying healthy, we'll then, see. then we could see. I mean, I I honestly would have loved to seen this year's Clowney with a healthy Merciless. Just the leaps and bounds that in 2016, we saw what happens when Clowney's healthy. He's, he can be a force. This year, he got better when we stopped asking him to cover. Sure. He turned into... He turned into what we all thought we were getting when we were drafted. Agreed. And he was doing that by himself. Yeah. Now, if he was doing that with either Watt or Merciless out there, that we could have seen some. We would have seen at least ten sacks. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, I'm I'm kind of worried about Whitney, in the sense of uh, not injury wise, just contract wise. Yeah. Um, I think he has two more years after after that. So with this year, I think he has two more years. Uh, we got him. I think if I remember right, it was like 26.2, five years or something. It was something very, very, was, very, very, very friendly. Well, he wasn't the player that he No, was. he wasn't. Yeah. But I mean, at the time. At the same time. At the time, there was people fussing that we overpaid for no, him. No, people thought that we shouldn't have extended him. Yeah. In his first two years of the league, nobody knew what we had. We didn't know what we had. Uh, but at the same time, I think that his agent has to be mentioning something to him because he has been productive the last two years. And he's been a top 10 outside linebacker in the league. 
but he's not making top 10 money. So we'll see. We'll start to see. I'm wondering if that becomes an issue in camp, especially when you get a new GM. There's always somebody who tests. Yeah. That's the way it starts. Somebody's going to find out what this GM is. Yeah. I mean, that's, we're going to learn a lot about gains here shortly. I just think it's interesting. He, I hadn't really done much research on him before the hiring other than knowing that he was part of the Texans organization. I, I didn't realize that he was actually a, he's a Parcells disciple. Yeah. Um, Parcells came out when he when he got hired and said that this was the smartest move we could have done. Yeah, he's Parcells' guy. He was one of the last like executives that Parcells brought into the league. Yeah, um, he worked with them with both the Cowboys and the Dolphins. Yep, I think it is interesting because they uh, follow that philosophy of let the chef um, choose the ingredients. Yeah, um, what is it? Which is good. Uh, I'm gonna Bill try. O'Brien being the chef. Yeah, so they're going to let Bill O'Brien have a lot more input on the roster. Which is what I am I want. So, I don't know. I think that this, maybe this offseason we'll have to put a, kind of put a little bit of research together on what type of players would, get, would fit into that Shanahan school of thought that, we, that Rick Smith came from, that, of course, Kyle Shanahan came from. The Kubiak all came from that Denver philosophy versus the Parcells philosophy. Yeah, no, it's gonna be interesting to see. I'm fine with him giving Bill Brown what he needs to be successful, and that's that's the preferred relationship between a GM and a, and a head coach, in my opinion. Uh, we just need to see how it goes, how he goes about doing it. We're like you said, we're gonna learn a lot about games over the next two months here because things are going to get interesting for sure. Yeah, I mean, the Shanahan coaching philosophy pretty much revolves around you get the most out of the players that you have. Whereas with the Parcells, they kind of try and find players that can attack the weaknesses of the team. They're similar in thought, but almost completely opposite. It's like with the Parcells team, you look for players that are more flexible. Whereas with a Shanahan team, you look for players that can really stand out. So we, we got a question on Twitter uh, asking basically uh, what about us moving Martin to guard and Mance to center coming off of or basing that question I'm assuming off of how Mance was the year prior as a center which was solid. Um, I don't like that move. And only reason I don't like that move is I said let's do that coming into the year because you're giving Nick Martin a year at guard. You just gave him a year at center. You drafted him as your franchise center. He's played there now for a year. There's no point in making that move. Mance hasn't played center in a year. I kind of feel like it's just at this point the line needs so much work that I just don't know if that's enough to honestly even help. I think Mance is just okay. I think he did a really good job filling in at center, but Mance is a, I believe a great spot start for a center. He's just not strong enough in the run game. He's was phenomenal in pass production protection. Even as a guard, he still excelled at pass production, but as a center and even as a guard, he was just, he just wasn't there for in the run game. Now with Martin, we have a guy that is potentially like an all all pro caliber center. He would not be that level of a guard. He's just not big enough. Yeah, he's not that athletic enough either. Yeah, he's more athletic than Mance. But he is, and he's an above average athlete for a center. He's there's or stretches before he kind of ran out of steam at the end of the year. Yeah, where we he really looked like we had something there. Yeah. You just. I wonder how much of the like whole energy worn out thing had to do with just coming off the injury last year yeah. and just not being in football shape. You know, I he's mean, coming off his rookie year, then goes into camp, gets hurt, doesn't play a whole year. Let's see after this year how it goes, playing, getting back into football shape. Because I think he has potential to be a, 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 a Pro Bowl center. I really do. He's shown flashes of it, but we just need to see it on a consistent basis. Plus, he's been hurt twice now in two years. So Yeah, two freak injuries, too. Right. So, it's I can see not it a, it's not a, a bad idea. It's no. just 
Mance is pretty much the exact opposite of Xavier. So think of all that anger that we get right now with Xavier. I mean, part of it, part of it is because, you know, Xavier was the second round pick, but it would just be the opposite issues that we currently have would go from Xavier does show a lot of potential in the run game. Sure. And then he gets absolutely lost in pass production. Yeah. So just flip the problem. We'll have a guy that looks great in pass production, but when we need to run up the middle, we won't be able to go anywhere. Like I said, I think if we were to start the year that way, I think it would have been uh, fine. I just think build coming off of how successful Mance was as our center the year prior, building off of that and going into the season and him knowing he's the starter, maybe it works out a little different, but you've already lost a year, and I just feel like at that point, why go back to it? You going to watch the Senior Bowl this weekend? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Plan on it. Um, I want to see that Shaquille Griffin kid. You know, I can't believe... Romeo loves him. You know... You see There's... DJ Reader out there uh, with the DTs? Yeah. Did you see that video? <laughs> Coaching the defensive tackles up? That's that was so awesome. Cool. We're going to we're gonna draft Griffith. That's what everybody says. Yeah. Um, we do that, though. That's how we, we fall for... We have soft spots. Well, you know what? We see potential. If he had two hands, he would go in the first three rounds. Right. The only reason that coaches are talking about him going undrafted is because he has one hand. Makes sense. And he's been out there at practice, and he's been an absolute missile. So you think, what, fifth round? That's what I keep saying. Yeah, third or fourth. So you, you'd, Third or fourth round? Third or fourth. I think we'll take him. That would be a waste him. of a pick. You know, given I, our needs, that's a waste of a pick. Given our need, well, he actually does. He's a linebacker for, slash safety, right? Yeah, he would be one of those hybrid. Um, we have enough. He'd be a box safety. Yeah, but we don't need kind that. of like I mean, kind of like Tyron Matthew. No, I know, but we don't need that. And we spe- need a coverage be, safety. He would be a special teams dynamo, and that's great. And he's been the, the best, third best round. player out there at the Senior Bowl. I know. And the only chance, the only reason that we'd even have a chance for him to fall is because of his. He only has one hand, so we're gonna overdraft him. I don't think so. And then we'll be happy about it. I hope you're wrong. I don't know. I don't want to waste a pick on somebody <laughs> like that. We don't. If he need. turns out into the player that I mean, he quite possibly could be a box safety. Though we don't need a box safety. But if he turns out to be a really good box safety, it doesn't matter when we pick him. Well, it does because we don't have a need for him though. We need a coverage safety. We have three star linebackers. When's he going to get snaps? No. <laughs> I'm just asking. Well, every special teams play. Oh, okay. So fifth round then. Uh, yeah, I get it. I, I, I get the story and I, I, I see it's super awesome. I'm and not saying I, that it's a good idea to draft him in the third round. I'm saying that that's probably what's oh, going to happen. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I, I don't think so. I don't think we'll take him in the third. I think if he's there in the fifth, I think we'll take a chance on him. Um, and I've seen We're going to draft I, him, I've though. seen that he's projected fourth or fifth. We'll see. If he's so, there in the fifth, we yes, to- we will because we are we're a soft to, franchise. We are when it going comes to, to draft these him. Freaking stories. I <laughs> uh, wouldn't be surprised if we take Julian Davenport's brother as well, who's an inside guard uh, at UCLA. I think. I don't know. Somewhere. Anyways, I think that the other two players that we're probably going to pick up will probably be back Braxton Berrios, so wide receiver out of Miami. What is it with you and these picks? What's wrong with you? What what are you doing? He, we wouldn't we wouldn't have to draft him. He would probably be um, undrafted because okay. he's five eight. So but he's a uh, no, there's he's not a scat McCaffrey. back. He's a uh, wide receiver. That's a Christian McCaffrey. He's a <laughs> he's a um, he he looks like a Patriots receiver. Was, okay. So if we don't take Hunter Renfro, we're gonna take him. <laughs> Because you know Bill O'Brien's just been dying to have that. We'll take Hunter Renfro. There's a very good chance. I think that if we don't take Renfro, we'll take Braxton Berrios. I think we'll take They're the Renfro same player. In, the fourth, in the fourth round. And then but that uh, quarterback out of Virginia, have you seen any of his tape? I haven't. He's the exact opposite of what we'd want, but he's the least type well-performing quarterback at the senior bowl, so he's probably going to end up being our backup quarterback. He's not a mobile quarterback. Then I don't want him. Yeah. He's Why would not... he be our backup then? Because he... We saw what happens when this comes in. Because you know that Bill O'Brien's going to... 
Like like we said, he's a soft. Here's Softy. I'm, this is. I'm gonna throw this I, out there. Let me put it like this. This is more my. Um, this is like your freaking tugging on my heartstring draft. <laughs> Jesus. I am not hoping for any of these. You like all of them. The smile no. on your face says the otherwise no, I, right I, now. I, yes. I you're laughing. laughing as you say it. I am laughing because of the way you're looking at me. Because your heart is being pulled on right now. No, no, you no. You mentioned no, no, no. one hand three times. I actually really <laughs> like that kid. No, I do too. Um, and if he was just a safety and not an in-the-box safety, I'd be totally down. It's just we have this history of going with players we're familiar with. Yeah, I know. I know. And you're right. That's what we do. And I hope I'm actually wrong. I hope I am wrong. I hope I you're wrong on all of them. I don't really want any of them. Okay, that's good. Um, I mean, if you we got Griffin late, like if we got him fifth or sixth round, I would think that's a, that. that'd be a fantastic pick. pick. I would agree. But... I have just have this bad, bad feeling that we're going to overdraft him. I have this bad, bad feeling that we're going to pull some random white guy receiver because we want to be Patriots South. And I've got this bad, bad feeling that O'Brien's going to get to one, through one of these practices and fall in love with one of these quarterbacks to be his next project. Okay, well, we haven't signed a white wide receiver yet since Bill O'Brien's been here. I we mean, tried he... with Travis Levhart. That was it. Okay, so this whole Patriots South white wide receiver thing, it's not happening. This Bill O'Brien's not doing it. This is it. Bill O'Brien's team now. Yeah, but he has not done it. There's a, he wanted Braxton. He wants Braxton to work out. I still think it goes back to... He wants Braxton to work out. I still think it goes back to when we had talked about it before. Bill O'Brien would tell Rick Smith what type of player he wanted. Yeah. And there was a disconnect there. Yeah. Um, typically, with the Patriots, they value agility more than stri- straight on speed. Now, you, they always want to have their deep threat, but for most of the receivers, they look for guys that are more agile. And this goes back to them, to us, draft and even keep Mumphrey. Do you know what Mumphrey excelled at? Hmm. Fastest three-cone drill at the combine. So he's agile. Exactly. So. Yeah. I, I, I just. So. I get that, what you're saying. To me, is Rick Smith was making the picks based on what O'Brien was saying to do. I think that O'Brien will now say, go pick this guy. And Gain will actually go, okay, and pick that guy. I do think O'Brien handpicked Braxton, though. You think so? I don't think Rick Smith would pick and take that pick. I think that's too risky of a pick. No, that's I, I, not, I don't see Rick Smith doing that. It's just not the type of player that I could see. O'Brien taking? Yeah. Why? He's agile as hell. But he He doesn't... fits everything you just said, except you add speed to it. Do you want me to throw on that highlight tape of him in college spinning around 47 people? And I don't know. Just some, it sounds he's agile. Like... He just hasn't got a chance yet. We're seeing Jalen Strong. Number, right. We're seeing Jalen Strong 2.0 right now Yeah, is what we're seeing. We're seeing a guy who has potential, a guy who has talent that just isn't getting the reps. It's what we're, we're literally seeing it all over again, in my opinion. Because I think Braxton has it. I just don't think that we're giving him the chance. I think that you're right. We are seeing Jalen Strong all over again, but it's the same sort of deal where he's this crazy athletic guy that, for whatever reason, just isn't putting it together. They say the third year is the year. I hope so. I mean, I don't. Re- I don't want any of the players to fail. I, I want all the players to be pro bowlers. I hate, I... hate, hate the fact that the Titans were second in the league in how many pro bowlers? Six. They had six. They had six. I'm not even sure if you take the last five four. years combined, we've had six. Yeah, we have, but still, we, yeah, we only had two. McKinney should have been a pro bowler, but whatever. Watt every year, so that's one. I'm just counting six different Clowney players. last year. So Clowney's two, Hopkins. Hop, not Hopkins last year. So The year before that, though, Hopkins. And Hopkins then this year. year so, but McKinney that's still went three. last year, didn't he? We're still at three players that have been named to the pro Oh, you're talking about three individual yes. players. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. no. That, that's kind of my point. Yeah. I absolutely hate the fact that they've no. had six players in one year and we can't over five years get six different players no yeah no i mean there's a true issue there. i mean i could care less about the pro bowl but i agree it's not that. about the pro bowl it's, it's about, about the I, I know the accolades i get it i, I fuck the titans i care less what they do and we don't Okay, go ahead, Vrabel. Put Gerald Casey out there at tight end. I'd love to see it happen. So I take it you're not watching the Pro Bowl. Uh, I probably won't be watching the Pro Bowl. No, I'm not either. There's I no one to watch this year. There's nobody to watch this year. 
And the only time I'll ever watch the Pro Bowl is when I'm watching a Sean Taylor highlight. What was it? Three years ago when Watt went out there and had a bunch of fun at the Pro Bowl. That yeah. was actually a fun one to watch. Now, I did watch that one. And that one was okay. I watched it. He took I it pretty think, serious and had fun. Yeah. I think that's the only Pro Bowl that Watt actually played in. Yeah. I could be wrong. I, it was always hurt or something else. I wish they'd that find a way fun. to make... He scored a touchdown in it. I wish they'd find a way for the Pro Bowl to be fun. I do too. Uh, I just don't think that there's a way to with the way the game's played. So I'd honestly just rather not have it all together and do like a bowling night or something like that with these guys or let us in. I don't know. Something stupid because they don't want to go out there and get hurt and give it their all. Yeah. It's not the NBA. You know, the NBA All-Star Game used to be, in my opinion, that used to be one of the best events of the year. It's not anymore. Well, it was all scoring, no down. defense. Uh, but, and now they don't even care about the score. <laughs> right. Uh, but, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. And last but not least, the only thing I got left to talk about is the XFL. Any thoughts on that? I- I'm excited about it. Uh, w- will it stick around? Honestly, probably not. Um, you know, Vince tried already. I do like that he's giving himself more time this time to get vamped. Basically, get vamped, ramp, revamped up, ramped up. Sorry. Well, last time they were trying to merge wrestling to football. This time he wants to create a league, better football. Yeah. Which he wants to create a better product than what he honestly thinks the NFL is right now. Which may really be something to talk about because right now the NFL is kind of mediocre. Right now, the college game and the NFL game is so much different that the NFL game is changing it's not the best product yeah um but i just don't see i don't see vince mcmahon being able to put together a better product I mean, you can say everything you want and it's you know it's easy it's easy for somebody to come in and say what's wrong with the nfl uh that's fine you know anybody can do that we've seen our president and what he's capable of pointing out mistakes on a regular basis right but Correcting them, two different things. So I don't see Vince McMahon being able to correct those things and capitalizing on it and making the XFL into an actual league. Would I prefer for that to be the case? Absolutely. Because all that does is give us football from February, March, April, May, June, July, training camp, boom, done. XFL's gone. Insert NFL. That's the perfect situation for me. I just don't see it. And I don't see enough of the – enough – players being able to be good enough to make the game interesting you're not taking anybody from the nfl well now johnny manziel by the way and he's apparently according to their rules he can't even play in this new xfl what he posted on uh instagram today hashtag xfl 2020 comeback season yeah uh, he wants to but according to the rules um mcmahon laid out what are they um something they have to have like a clean record. Like he specifically mentioned DUIs. Hmm. So by that standard, there's no way the XFL can find enough quality players. That's the problem. And here's the thing for mid-level players and below the NFL is routinely demonstrated. Replacement level players are easy to find. It's the difference makers. Right. It's part of the reason why, the league is kind of mediocre right now. There's not enough difference makers. True. We're in a transition from pro style and college style right now is drastically different. Now, we're kind of starting to see a little bit of a transition where more and more college elements um, are coming into the NFL game. I think in a couple of years, especially if Carson Wentz and whomever and Trubisky and most importantly, Deshaun Watson – continue to play like they've shown and the Bears put in things that they and what Mahomes showed and what Mahomes has even shown well they're taking more elements out of the college game to help these guys be successful sure um, which makes the game more entertaining and if it continues along this path over the next five years the NFL is going to go into a new golden age it's going to be more fun to watch yeah but right now we're just at this in between we don't have linemen that can play the old pro style and we really don't know what elements from college are truly going to work versus the pro style. Add but injuries least, on top of that. And adding injuries on top and of that. And then you just have a recipe for what we have now. So it's just kind of like this muddled mess right now. Yeah. But it's going to get sorted out. 
people are going to start to be more aggressive because winning winning kind of cures all. Once yeah. you see teams start to have success doing things differently, more teams are going to try it. But right now, it's just kind of eh. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I, I would love for there to be a way as kind of how you stated in the past that you'd like to see a developmental league. I don't know if this is could turn into something. Maybe it doesn't start off that way, and maybe it flails out, and maybe the NFL comes in and says, you already have the infrastructure. You have the teams. You have the cities. You're about to go out of business. Here, here's how we can help. And maybe that's maybe that's how it happens. I'm not sure, but even if there's been conversations about a developmental league for the last three years now. So. Right. It's, they're, it's spinning in their minds. It's a known issue. The problem is injuries. Right. And the pro, you, with having a spring league, say some of these guys really show out in the developmental league, but it's a spring league, so they've gotten all beat up, so they're no good in the fall. Oh, and then order, you, you, just, you just do it Friday nights. Right. You keep Which, it going during the season, Friday nights. That's ultimately that's what I would su- yeah. suggest. That's I the only that, that's the only way you can do it. It has to either become Thursday night football or Friday night football, where yeah, you may not get the crowds, but you get the residuals from the NFL. And I'm telling you, if well, you if you, put if you smaller did, cities though, like Austin, if Austin had a team like that, well, if you had an Austin team with yeah. a lot of Texas products put right. onto that team, put a team in Reno, mm-hmm. put a team in. I mean, there's cities that you can do this in that it could actually flourish. I could bit. tell you if you put a team in Greenville. Or Columbia, South Carolina, and mix it with Clemson and South Carolina players. Yeah, you'd be that straight. team would probably outperform the Panthers. I mean, probably right. So it can be done. I hope the XFL kind of takes that page, and even if it's not directly linked to the NFL, it can still realizes fill that, that role they can a little bit. they can fill that market. Sure. It should be interesting. I mean, it was it was entertaining for a little bit when it happened. I was big into the WWE at that time, and I thought it was really cool that he even tried. Uh, and, you know, Vince, is a he's a smart guy. Uh, I mean, there were some. I mean, the XFL, everybody looks back on it about poor the poor quality of the games. Right. There were some games that were really good. There were. Their playoffs. Have you seen the 30 it, for 30 for it? No, I have not. It's really good. Okay. It's really good. It really kind of shows you huh. exactly how good the XFL actually was. And it shows the miscues and the errors and the issues that happened, but they were all avoidable. Yeah. But it's just like a new business starting up. You're well, going to make those mistakes. The XFL playoffs were really good. Yeah, they were good. Uh, Tommy Maddox yeah, like MVP. ended up going and playing for the Steelers. Yeah. And it was all then because he had Rodney. Of he hate me. Yeah. Just a couple of games, and they were some really good games. Yeah. It was the first couple of games is is what where it started to. Uh, I think I it was think, actually the first game, yeah. uh, the inauguration where they did the whole WWE type entrance, the whole girl. Like, I mean, at that point, what they were trying to do was just take the WWE and turning it into football, mm-hmm. just like you said. This time, if they don't approach it that way and approach it as a as a football league, yeah, they may be okay. I mean, he's got the money to push the marketing behind it to where he could be better than arena football and he could be better than CFL. And if he's able to be better than both of those, then he may have something. Yeah, I mean, I hope so because I literally could watch any football game. Yeah, I mean, but especially guys that came out of college and didn't make it to the NFL. Yeah, to me that's awesome. I I watch a whole bunch of college games, and just by default, those games should be better than college games. Sure, they will probably take a year or two because it does take continuity, right? With coaching, which is going to be the biggest thing this year, yeah, or this time around because they didn't really have those coaches on the teams weren't like real coaches. Yeah, so. It'll be interesting. But if you can just commit for, if they could commit for a couple of years to give them a chance to build some teams, it could be a product worth watching. Well, and the good thing is this year, this time, and I don't know, I I don't know too much about it, but I know that when when XFL launched, they did a partnership with NBC, I believe, and it didn't work. NBC pulled the plug. This time, though, the WWE has their own network and they have their own streaming and they have their own kind of way to launch this that I think they'll have the time needed to actually make it uh, as they didn't ha- they're not going to have millions of dollars invested by NBC like they did previously this should be a fully funded WWE um, god whatever <laughs> that thing 
Um, so it'll be it'll be cool to see. Uh, we got two years, so it'll be fun. Um, guess that's about it, John. Yeah. Is there anything else? Nope. You want to give a Super Bowl prediction, or are we going to do a show on Tuesday? On oh my gosh. I'm sure we're going to do. Uh, I'm sure we're going to do a, a show before the Super Bowl. Okay. So let me. Th- I mean, it's not like my prediction is going to change. It's the Patriots. I, yeah. Nick Foles ain't doing what he did last week. Well, I still believe that. I do think Philly's defense is good, though. And that Peterson may honestly be one of the best offensive play callers mm. in the league. But just those game scripts from two games in a row now were just wow. Yeah, they were. Just wow. Yeah. <laughs> We've seen glimpses of that as a. A Texans fan, but never two games in a row. Yeah. Never two whole games. Like we've seen a couple of drives in a row where it's just yep. like, okay, that was a well called drive. The, they were know. both well called games. Yeah. Yeah, and Nick Foles and Case Keenum are going to get paid this offseason because of how they played. Yep. It's crazy. Cool. Who would have All thought? Right. Well, guys, uh, again, as always, how we end the show, you can follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Google Play Store, just search Texans Unfiltered. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TXNS underscore unfiltered. Uh, John typically runs the tweeter and uh, I run the IG. Um, and yeah, go on iTunes, leave us reviews. Uh, hit us up on Twitter if you have any questions. Uh, we'll definitely uh, take, a, take you up on them and put them into the show. And other than that, I am Young Ari Gold, signing off for Texans Unfiltered. We'll see you guys next week. When they had our backs up against the wall and said that we couldn't stand the pressure, we still got it done, man. When they said the clock was winding down and it wasn't enough time to get it done, we still got it done, man. Now it's our time to shine. It's our time to keep it 100. So we gonna go out here and show them how true we are, baby.